So I'm pretty honored to be here today to share in this pulpit um, as a campus pastor. And, and I'm, I'm trusting today that, that you're going to be able to sit back and just relax, take in what I have to say. I've got a ton of notes and a ton of perspectives here on relationships. And our new series is called Relationships Are Wonderful Until They're Not. So and that's what it is. People, I mean, I, I watch a, a series on TV. Maybe I shouldn't be watching it, but it's 90 Day Fiance. Like they got 90 days and within the first week, I love you. This, this is what we're going to name our children. It's like, there's no boundaries there, right? Like no boundaries. And then their expectations are so high and it's no wonder there's drama through this. And you think there's not a lot of wisdom in that, but is there wisdom in what God tells us about relationships, how and what we invest in them? So today I want you to sit back and relax. I'm no threat to you. I don't know what's going on in your life or where your boundaries are or where, what you have access to or who has access to you, but, but you do and you know it. And that's the thing. When you hear something today, you can just trust that maybe God's saying something to you about an area in your life that he wants you to tweak or change or adjust because he wants a full life for you, full life of love and every experience that you can have. That's how good God is. But we have to be listening and open to that because... That's where we're going to hear, the, hear his word and his truth. And I'm just being transparent because when I find that, that when my relationships are struggling or I'm, I'm struggling in some way, it has to do with my boundaries. What I've allowed access to me, how much capacity I have at that time. You know, have you ever been there where you're just tired at the end of the week and then someone just says something to you and you just go off? Like who's responsible for that? Is it them or is it you? I think we know the truth. It's us. So I often do that. I think, well, I gotta stay at my best capacity of integrity as a, as a husband, as a pastor, which is a real challenge at times, because we get tired too. We get worn out and burned out. You know, dealing with people that, that have poor boundaries, or if, if we deal with people that lives are very messy, you know, and they're just, they're just a mess, and we get involved in people's lives, no matter how messy, because that's the church. If there's not messy people in your church, I'm not sure you're reaching the right people. So we're in good company here today, right? If you're thinking, oh man, that part of my life is a mess. Perfect. Perfect. You're here for that. But what else? We'll say that often people in those situations won't respect your boundaries because they haven't got boundaries themselves. You know, so if, if, you're, if you find that drawn or there's someone on you that's, that's always complaining to you and always saying things, it's like, I wonder if there's some boundaries that they need to adjust in their life. And maybe you'll be that person to speak to him and say, hey, you know what? I was just thinking, you know, you've been doing this or you've been doing that an awful lot. And I don't think you're at your best. I don't think you're the best version of you. And that's what I say often in counseling sessions. Because we hear, we, people will come and they'll say all the problems. And I'll go, you're better than that situation. That's not who you are. It's just where you are right now. So what can you do to make changes in your life or in your relationship to bring more fruit, more health, People often see boundary as a wall, like just stop it. Like that's it, I put a boundary up. It's, it's not a wall, it's, how, it's, it's you to kind of look at how much access they have to you or to that situation or how much access you have to their life. You know, often we get so busy and, and we have so many things communicated that sometimes we just need to turn our notifications off because that means that those things have access to us. We just bought a new fridge, woohoo! But, <laughs> I'm now getting messages from my fridge when it's done comp making ice. I'm like, I don't, it doesn't need to have that access to me. I'll be relaxed. I'll say, oh, the ice is finished. Hey, 
that's cool that it's working that way. And I understand you can get stoves to do the same thing. They can tell you when they reach temperature. So we are in a world of access, of people have access to us in so many ways and so many influences in our life. So do you, ha does, do you have to let everything in, in your life? Or, or are you good enough without that input or that feedback? I had to look in the Bible, I think, because you think of Christians, it's like, you're supposed to be strong enough to do anything at any time because you got God's strength in you. And I'm thinking, is that, is that the truth? Is that all through the Bible? Like, I don't know about you guys, but if, if someone brings me a problem, I always feel like, well, I'm, that must be, I'm here to solve it. You know, and you step into that to where your capacity is not good enough to solve anything and you end up hurting them because you're hurt and wounded and weak. So we, do we see any, any situation in the Bible where there's a boundary. Maybe Jesus. Did Jesus put up any boundaries? We're going to go to John 2. This is an NIV, and this is the very first miracle. It's quite a cool story. And I'm going to start with this. 2-1. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. So he's just giving you who's all there that day. And Jesus and his disciples have also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said, They have no more wine. Woman, and this isn't said in a derogatory way. Don't get me wrong. Jesus wasn't giving his mom some sass, so don't think, well, I can speak to women that way. Woman, why do you involve me? He didn't say it like that. He just said, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing. Sounds like a good product for wine right there to me each holding 20 to 30 gallons that's quite a bit of wine the message version says Jesus said is that any of our business mother yours or mine this isn't my time don't push me I want to give a little bit of an observation that I saw in that passage Jesus hesitated in a situation that was presented to me he didn't respond he just says stop and then he assessed it, and he performed one of the greatest miracles in the Bible. That's my first observation. And I, I don't want to go into a whole bunch of Bible things. There's tons about, about boundaries. And then there's tons of ways in the Bible about where you have to take your stand, and where you have to take a step, and what you should be doing. And, you know, all the, all, they're all often due to a faith statement. But people will use them to control you, <laughs> if you notice that. They'll use them to take control of you and step past your boundaries, your own personal boundaries, because they see it in the Word. And then, and then we take it, and that must be it. But I think every time someone says that to you, you have to see, does it apply to your life? And the second observation I had is, how many people were at this wedding that they ran out of wine? <laughs> and then they needed another 113 liters. Or what is How many gallons? How many gallons? Like, what kind of boundaries do these people have? And the other thing is, like, Jesus made it. He was a bootlegger for him. <laughs> Don't remember that in the message. I'm not calling him a bootlegger as he was giving people underage any kind of, and the wine, I understand, was less alcohol content then. But how many people have tried to control people with the use of that? You know, and yet here was that example, and Jesus still stood up and performed one of the greatest miracles ever. The King James Version said, Jesus says, what do I have to do with this? That's something you need to ask yourself in just about every area of your life. What do I have to do with this? What, how much of this is me? 
This is one of those messages for you. Don't, you can't elbow the person beside you. This is for you. And if you say it's for somebody else, then that's control. It's got to be for you. When people blame others for their troubles, they're often using blame to discharge their own pain. If you're trying to, if you're blaming somebody for something in your life, there's likely that it's a pain in your life. And you're trying to cast it on them. And people are doing that to you. If they're blaming you for things, you should say, okay, how much do I need to owe, own, and how much has got nothing to do with me? That's a healthy boundary. That's how much access you're going to give to somebody, that they're going to actually speak any kind of negativity in you. If there is some negativity sp spoken into you, you need to take that and go, okay, I need to change that. That'll put any argument out right away. Right away. But what we do is we get a little bit defensive. We put up more boundaries. No, you can't see that. And often that's a level of relationship. I should start to say that, that we, this series, we, we were all reading this book by Lisa Turkhurst, said Good Boundaries and Goodbyes. If you want to read the book, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good book. So I'm, it's a little bit, this message is a little bit to do with that, a little bit to do with my 20-some years, 22, quite a, quite a few years of ministry. And then tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow is my 41st wedding anniversary. So Cindy's not here, so I might be able to say things about her, but she'll be in the next service, so if she's watching, but, but a lot of that credit has to go to her. I remember when 41 was super old, <laughs> now I've been married that long. That's kind of scary. But it's been good. But so I've, we've learned things. And you know what I, I say to that too, is um, I still haven't learned everything. There's still times in my life where boundaries come down where they should be up usually because of a need in my own life, and I'm trying to seek something from those things that I should be either be getting from God or his word or just knowing that maybe they don't need to push me, just like Jesus said. So that's where this message is coming from. When you're exploring a boundary, ask, what will this do to me or for me or those who have access to me? Because remember, it's all about access, how much you allow in. Will it bring health or will it take away from my emotional or spiritual health? Will it help me grow in my integrity by responding properly or will I respond improperly and lose my integrity, therefore being dissatisfied with who I am, being the poor version of myself? But just like Jesus paused, when those things happen in your life and you find yourself in a situation, look deeper, look into you. Maybe ask those who are close to you that, that you'd trust to say, do you see anything in my life that I need to change? Or are you, how have I been? Because their perception of you will likely be different than your own of yourself. Just like I talked about new people here, coming in here, it's so much value to hear from somebody that has a different perspective from you. But you need integrity to understand if it's truth or not. So no, no, that's not me. I, 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 I'm just, I, I, don't, I haven't struggled that way. If it is, man, I've got to look in a little bit deeper in that area. A good boundary will always involve the application of wisdom. There's that opportunity. That relationships are wonderful, dot, 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 until they're not. That dot, dot, dot is where there's an opportunity for an application of wisdom. And if you've got nothing left, you're likely not going to use a lot of wisdom. That's all I'll say. And I can see that many times when I sit across from people, their lives are a mess, I say. Talk to somebody about what's the wise thing to do because you're likely to make a mistake in this time. Because everything maybe that you once held on to for giving you confidence and security that you're going you're gonna to make decisions based on wisdom will likely be gone when you're in a fight or flight syndrome. 
because you're not at your best. You're like, how do I deal with this now? And, and it's probably not going to be a deal with this now thing. It might be a little bit deeper. Maybe that's something you brought from your past. Or maybe it's been a pattern in your life that you've never noticed until all of a sudden it's there. And that's a really difficult situation to be because you just can't quite see it. But if you seek help, get some other perspective from somebody that you trust, you'll see it. Proverbs 2, this talks all about this. I love this passage in Proverbs 2. It says, moral benefits of wisdom. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands, store up, that means allow access, let it in. My son, if you allow access to my words, my commands within you, that's giving access, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Understanding means what is the truth here? What, what? What is there? How can I put these pieces together? That's an understanding. How does this work together? How do I solve this problem? That's understanding. That's gaining understanding. Having insight into the situation. And it goes a little bit further. Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, that's why I don't see how people go through life without a relationship with Jesus. I don't see how because they're, they're kind of going on their own feelings and, and maybe what the world is saying. And, and I, I don't know about you, but if you've noticed, the world doesn't always operate in the best ways. And I'm just saying society. It's a lot about revenge and a lot about take this, it's mine, and you can't say this to me and you can't say that to me. It doesn't, that doesn't show me any kind of security. They're trusting in all their environments around them. And if they can't control all those environments around them, they're miserable. And they try and take control. And that's, God, that's not freedom in Christ. I see, I see people, when they, when they grow in a relationship with God, whatever comes towards them, they just seem to have this insight into what that situation is. I marvel at many of you. I marvel at many of you because many of you are going through terrible, destructive, challenging things. But you're still seeking God. And as a pastor, I get to see that and witness that. And that, that inspires me to go, Maybe I can do it when I'm struggling. Because that's the coolest thing about being a pastor. You see people in their worst circumstances. Many, many times it's going, okay, God, I need your insight. I need your wisdom in this. And it says, I cry aloud. You cry aloud, man. You know you're in a tough spot. I've been there. I've cried aloud. You know when I usually hear God's voice in that? It's often through music. Right, I get this piece from a song, and it's all of a sudden it's like, man, God, that was just for me. And I'm trusting maybe this playlist today that we sang is, is spoke to you in some situation in your life. And if you look for it as silver and search for it as a hidden treasure, man, if you can just get through that difficult situation in your life, whatever it may be where the boundary was breached, and maybe you never did have proper boundaries, and you search for it as a hidden treasure, that thing you keep for the rest of your life. You can all go home now. <laughs> check, check. Oh, there we go. Okay, no, it's here. Maybe. Oh, look at this. Thank you, buddy. Man, have I been going that long? <laughs> what time is it? <laughs> my, my fridge didn't send me any notifications. <laughs> you should be done. <laughs> Come home for a cold drink. The fridge the ice is ready. <laughs> I knew something was going to happen like that today. So my brain is already thinking, what are you going to do, Ralph? Like... Cry aloud for understanding. 
But if you look for it as silver and search for it as hidden treasure, again, guys, don't, don't think where you're at is, is the worst place. There's, if you're in a, value, in a valley in the mountains, that's where the rivers are, right? In mountaintops, there's not much. But if you're in that situation, in that place that's deep and dark, there's probably resources there that God's going to get to you. And then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Because if you don't fear what God's saying about the situation, you're going to remain in that trouble. That's the wisdom of going, okay, God, what are you saying, man? I may not like what I'm going to hear, but I know and trust you that if I listen to you, it's going to work. You made this whole beautiful place. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. There's the word understanding again. Looking a little bit deeper. What is it in this situation, in that dot, dot, until they're not? Or if they're in that until they're not situation, look deep. Because, man, there's gold in there. There's actually gold. You came in here today and it's like, I'm in the worst place in my life. <laughs> I don't want to say it just flippantly, but there's gold in that. Verse 7. He holds success in store for the upright. Integrity. He holds success because they've already learned something for your life. And if you're successful in other areas of your life, you can be successful in that one if you just listen to what God is saying. And then it says, He is a shield to those who walk, whose walk is blameless. That doesn't mean we have to be purpose, our purpose, perfect. We don't have to be perfect. But every time we go through those things, we should learn and gain something from it and then take that thing with us in the days ahead. So blameless, strong, integrity, good at knowing boundaries, learning boundaries. Man, I've learned boundaries. So many areas. What have you brought from your past that you're working out in the present? Like my story, like what I, this is where I get from my boundary thing is, is I, I grew up a single mom and there's, this is hats off to single moms because they do an amazing job. This is just my story. I'm not saying it's going to be your kid's story, but even in that, of all the care she could provide, I, I remember lots of times just waiting for my mom to get home with a babysitter who really had no interest or, or input or access to my life, just fed me whatever we had canned goods at that time. And I remember feeling that and, and always having her go away and leave to go to work and me standing in front of the door, no, don't go, don't go, don't go. So what I learned to do in that, from that, is to how can I please people? How can I get people's attention by doing, luckily, good things? I tried my best in every situation I could get at. But the problem with that is, is I brought those expectations into my life. And those around me, if, if they breached one of those old boundaries that I had, you know, like neglect or, or abandonment, man, I was so sensitive to that. And as a pastor, you cannot be sensitive to people leaving. <laughs> Just, you're going to either get used to it or you're going to quit or probably tell something without integrity, tell somebody something that really is not going to inspire them to change or ever come back, right? So you got to know that kind of stuff. So when I learned that, I go, okay, when I feel things like that, I feel a little bit of neglect or a little bit of abandonment or whatever. I go, what? Oh, it's got not, that's not, that, that portion is not true. The truth is whatever the truth is in that situation. And I don't carry it. I don't put those expectations on those people to fulfill every need in my life. Because expectations are, are a simmering pot for resentment. Watch your expectations on things around you. What are you expecting? Because that's just, it'll build so much resentment in you. And then that's only, you're the only one that can deal with that. Nobody else is really going to know. 
So a boundary is to be in place so we can keep a measure of herd out and allow us to keep operating within our capacity. These are my notes. I'm just going to read it. It is good stuff when I wrote it, so <laughs> I was taking a chance on you guys thinking it was good. Honestly, sometimes I read, I go, what the heck was I thinking? <laughs> it's got not, what's the fridge got to do with a sermon? Well, a boundary will help you find what we're made of. And when it's breached, make things better. Or we're either going to make things better or we're going to communicate more hurt. We don't have to take responsibility for everybody around us, whoever has access to you, but we do have to take responsibility for our own actions. This is, can you get in the theme here? A bit of a theme. It's a really about what you can control, like your environments, what you're willing to tolerate, not tolerate, what to do and what you do not have to do or do not have to give. You have no control over other people's boundaries. It should set the stage for you and your emotions so that you can stay. A boundary will set the stage so that you can stay more regulated, understanding what's going on, and empowered to make necessary changes. That's what you want. You want to make a change. That's what you can do when you have a proper boundary in place. It's going to give you that enough of a space that you can go, okay, i got to think about this for a bit. I'm trusting this is speaking to somebody today. When you stop having a healthy response, maybe it's your time to reflect on your boundaries. You're, you're, you're saying things are... You know, making, maybe making hand gestures to people while you're driving. I said that a few sermons ago. I don't do that. I felt like it. But when I do that, I'm like, maybe I should have left five minutes earlier. I'm giving that power to all those other people to have access to a part of my life. And my response is like, hey, not, it's not there, but they don't know what's going on in my life. But I do. Proverbs 4.23, this is where it's another one it says in the Bible, because it, it, when you read it, it's like, okay, we just do this. Above all else, guard your heart. Put a boundary around it. What are you going to allow access to? From everything you do flows out of it. See what I'm saying about that? Whatever's coming into your life, that's your opportunity to change it or to heal it or to accept it or to give it to God, because something that's eventually going to come out of you. What you don't work out, you live out. That's what I learned about my own personal life. I'm like, if I, I was living it out because I was the one suffering from it. Nobody else even knew. I was the one that's having those struggles, man. That was gold that I discovered when I found that. That's really my motivation for sitting with people because I know what it's done for me. And it, it's brought so much freedom and, and change in my life and fruit and joy and peace. Everything you expect a relationship with God would do. So I use this, I use this example when I sit sometimes with people because we want to say, what, what area? What is it? They come with all kinds of whatever. This is my life's a mess. This is happening. This is happening. I go, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. You're fighting. What was the fight about? Well, it started with this, and then it went to this, 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 this. Okay, there's a, huge, there's a whole bunch of boundaries breached. <laughs> likely. Likely. Somebody either has too much access or something has too much access, or you're giving access to things that the rest of your family are not happy about. So I usually say, God, it's up on the screen behind me, I take it, right? God, your spouse, your children, your job, your ministry. So that's how I look at it. My ministry is important, but it should be involved in every part of my life. But if my spouse and children are priority, I, I could easily say, well, God called me to do this. Sorry, honey, we can't go away for our honeymoon or for our anniversary because... I have to do my ministry. It's simple. It sounds simple, but until you start looking at your life. And then across the other side, it'd be faith, family, finance, fun, and fitness. 
Fitness is height, health. Many times we'll sacrifice health, either mental health, which will typically turn into physical health because we have a need in our life. So you've got to look at, okay, I got to, I got to get help. This, is start, this thing is starting to affect my body. I'm not sleeping. If you're not sleeping, you've got all these other troubles in your life. I would look at some of the boundaries. What do you need to remove from your life that's taken away from that? And men, where you find success is likely where you give the most access. Because I know, that's what our careers, you know, I always say, tell me who you are without telling me what you do and what you have. <laughs> who are really, who you really are. Do you, do you need that for your identity? Like, I don't need to be Pastor Ralph. I'm Ralph. And that's why it's easy for me to do what I do, because I'm like, I don't want to hang on to that. If that's my only identity, then I've got some, I got some problems. Because I'm much more than, than just a title. I'm, I, that's who I am. That's my ministry. That's my relationship with God. Over top of my job, even. <laughs> right? My job is responsible for providing finances, which you need. But I know many of us, especially men, maybe women, what they do gives them so much value, but it's, it's not the proper measurement of where their priorities are. Because that's likely where you're given the most access to and, and someone else is feeling neglected because all you are is, is the most successful business person, the most successful pastor, the most successful whatever you are. But I'll just about guarantee that there's one area of your life that would probably go, hmm, what about me? The level of access you give to these areas will also determine your priorities. <laughs> So if, you know, just look at it. You don't have to sit across from a counselor. Just look, what are your priorities? Do they, do those around you, does it reflect to them that that's a priority, that they are? Or is it just you? And if it isn't, if you think they're all wrong, I would really pay attention to that. Because if there's a threat to your marriage, your children, and your relationship with God, you better look at that quick. <laughs> something needs to be dealt with, something needs to be changed because there was, it was likely neglected for a long, long time and you got into a place where you were just so far out of touch with what reality is. So do areas of faith, family, finance, fun, and fitness reflect your proper priorities? Or do they reflect who you give the most access to? I want to say something to the young people here. Young people, who you give access to is a way of knowing how you get value in the future. If you have to get value by giving access to everybody, and maybe I'll talk to girls, you have to give access to everybody, then, then you're likely going to be devalued in the future because that's, that's something that only is you. And other people are going to look at that and go, wow, <laughs> that's somebody who's got some proper boundaries because eventually that this is the 90 Day Fiance, they're going to be needy. And there's one dude on that show, he's it's like his third, third wife. And he's already picking baby names, the third wife. I'm like going, and this is like in 90 days. Like, it's only, like, there's not that much time. So when you see someone like that, do you want to really get involved? Or do you want to be that person that gets involved in those people's lives? This is where it's so important as a young person to, to have that, to stand in that integrity then because you have so much value that somebody will recognize that and not want to violate that boundary because it's not for them. It's for you and them in a proper relationship. Okay, I got to move things on really quick. So anything that's a threat. Now, I can just say that a lot of threats are what we're addicted to. Like I talked about work or ministry or fun things or people-pleasing. You know, all those areas that if, if you don't have proper boundaries in there, you're going to have to make a change. 
And again, what you find your passion, you'll need a boundary. I'm just going to move right to the takeaway because we got cookies and, or we got coffee and donuts for you guys after, and I'm not going to compete with that. But today's takeaway, a boundary will help you know your health so that what comes out of us will show our health. Like, like that's that's kind of what you're made of. And that's what we want to be as a, as a believer, as a Christian. We, wanna, we want people to see the real you and the best version of you. So every time you're struggling in a place in your life, there's just an opportunity to grow you know, into a, another level of maturity where you don't have to convince other people that you're right because it's not that important. It's important what you really know about yourself and likely those around you that will be saying it. What we always want from other people is sometimes what we fear we won't get from God. And that's why I see God as a top priority in every area of your life. You know, and if you haven't got a relationship with Jesus, get that, get that priority in place that, that you're going to not put expectations on everything in this world because this world's going to break down. Your job is going to not go so good. Your family's going to be in difficulty. And, and then you're going to put that, all that access to you on them to bring your happiness in life. And that's, that's just, they were, no one was ever meant to carry that. That's why we do what we do as a believer. I, I think it's like, what, we're, how do we be that best version of who Jesus is to people that need to hear him? And I close in prayer. God, we thank you. Lord, that for, from whatever, there might've been one or two things today that, that were applicable to our lives, God. God, we seek for those things like a treasure, like gold, like silver, Lord. God, help us to recognize it, not for the sake of others, God, but just for the sake of our own integrity and our own walk and our own journey, Lord. God, we thank you that, that you speak to our heart. And as we get into a relationship with you, Lord, you guide and direct us through all our years and days. Because you're holy. God, we're so thankful for every part of your life that you bring to our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Paul says in Romans 10.9 that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he rose again from the dead, you will be saved. So I want to run through a prayer with you all right now that does exactly that. And it's not joining a church. It's not joining a religion. This is simply just a relationship with God. So I'd encourage you all, close your eyes, bow your head, repeat this prayer after me. So dear Jesus, I confess that you are God. And I believe that you rose again from the dead. And I ask you now to become my Lord, to become my Savior, to become my friend. I thank you that my past is past and that I can begin anew with you today. My heart is yours. In Jesus' name, Amen. If you prayed this prayer for the first time, first off, congratulations. This is an amazing, amazing step. This is an amazing, amazing decision. Uh, and so I would also encourage you, there's a link that has been posted in the comment section. Click on that link, fill out that form. This is a way for us to know that uh, you said this prayer for the first time. And two, this is also a way for us to be able to help you out, encourage you, celebrate with you on this amazing, amazing decision. Uh, and so I'd encourage you, if you've if you said this prayer for the first time and you accepted Jesus into your heart today, click on that link, 
fill out that form. We'd love, love, love to be in contact with you uh, just so that we can uh, yeah, celebrate, help, and just be there for you uh, in any situation, help you out with uh, anything that you need, uh, especially on this new, new journey.